Well, after not being named a McDonald's All-American, Gonzaga commit Dusty Stromer put on a show against Sierra Canyon last week. We break it all down right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates through another season of Gonzaga basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Well, I am thrilled to be joined today by locked on recruiting insider, Jason Jordan. Jason, I want to start the conversation today talking about Dusty Stromer. Dusty was not selected to be one of the 24 high school players on the McDonald's all American team. Uh, I know that most of the rankings outlets had him outside of the top 25. So it's probably not a shock that he didn't make the team, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts on how kind of, how close he might've been to being included. Were you surprised he wasn't in there or do you kind of think that he's somebody who's just kind of on the outside looking in? Yeah, just on the outside looking in, I'm not going to lie. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I, you know, I, let's just say I have a, <laughs> I'm privy to a couple of the, mm-hmm. uh, the ballots in the end. And yeah. uh, you know, I don't think he was on a lot of ballots. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying he shouldn't have been. Obviously, he's having an amazing mm-hmm. year yeah. at a strong summer. Um, but he's just, you know, proven what he's going to – he potentially can do at the next level. Mm-hmm. And in that system, I think he'll do really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. coming off the big game against Sierra Canyon mm-hmm. where he had 22 points and six threes and scored in a variety of different ways. He just continues yeah. to ascend, and I think his stock – continues to go up but i mean honestly the mcdonald's game mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you know you look at let me let me not get myself in trouble but you look at some of the guys that are up there and it's kind of mm-hmm. like you know i mean you know, <laughs> this is what we're doing okay mm-hmm. all right you know, so i wouldn't even it, at this point you know it's just one of those things where it's yeah. just like you know you can't put a whole lot of stock into mm-hmm. to that and you know i know it's cliche to say but you really can um, yeah because obviously he's talented enough to be on that roster, I mm-hmm. believe. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, how many great, great, legendary players have come through Gonzaga's program who didn't even sniff yeah. the McDonald's All American game? And Dusty's like at least in that conversation. Some of the right. greatest players in Gonzaga basketball history weren't even close to being yeah. in that conversation. So it's one of those things where it's not about how you know, it's not necessarily about how your high school career finishes. It's about how you how you develop at the next level, all that stuff. Certainly Gonzaga, Mark Few, they're very good at identifying talent that maybe isn't necessarily getting noticed by everybody else. And that's kind of what we've seen with Dusty is he was not in the top 50, not in the top 75 for a while. He's kind of slowly been moving up some of those lists. And then we see him have this monster performance against Sierra Canyon. I know Bronny James was not playing in that game. It would have been more fun to get a a chance to get a chance to see him uh, going toe to toe with uh, LeBron's kid there. But obviously you you mentioned it already six threes, really monster performance from him. What, What did you kind of take away from seeing him in that contest? Just, you know, I've always been wowed by his versatility. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not just a standstill shooter. He's a great playmaker. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, two dribble pull-ups, doesn't hesitate with the ball, very Mm -hmm. sure of himself. 
in every way on the court. And I mean, to be to be fair, you know, Bronny didn't play, but he would have gave Bronny the same twenty two. Yeah. Like <laughs> he wouldn't have done anything to stop him. And now mm-hmm. Bronny would have got his got his points sure. too. You know, I'm not going to hate on Bronny, but yeah. Bronny's not stopping Dusty. Mm-hmm. That's you know, no, he, Dusty's a bad man. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of wanted to so. I have a Mailbag Monday segment uh, that was mentioned to you before we recorded, and I had some questions that kind of spilled over that we didn't get an opportunity to talk about on Monday. And I thought, well, some of these questions are about recruiting. Who better to talk to than Jason Jordan? So that first question we just kind of talked about was from Jacob Quarter 2 on Twitter. Uh, this next question came from Austin via Gmail, and Austin basically asked, Gonzaga's going to have Dusty Stromer next year. They're going to have Alex Tui next year. We know that they're going to have the Korean kid, Young Sok Joe. Uh, he's coming in. And then, of course, Braden Huff, who hasn't really played, hasn't played at all this year. Uh, he's going to potentially get some more action next year. Uh, the question from Austin was kind of who – I'm most excited to see. I'm going to answer the question by saying that it is basically a toss-up between Yo, the Korean kid, and Dusty Stromer. Right. But I am curious, Jason, kind of amongst that group of players, uh, who you're most excited to see and, and maybe who you think might – And we obviously don't know what Gonzaga's roster right. is going to look like next year, but who you think has a more realistic chance of, of getting on the floor next year for the Zags? Well, for me, it's definitely Dusty. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason is because there's proof of concept, right? Yeah. So with the other guys, I mean, they look great. They've mm-hmm. done put up big numbers. I think uh, Yo mm-hmm. was six and eleven in FIBA, yeah, uh, but that's in FIBA, and mm-hmm. you know, respectfully, that is not over here on American mm-hmm. soil. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, yes, you can pick apart his game and be like, "Oh, that'll translate," and stuff. But mm-hmm. the speed of the game is so the speed, and I would say the quickness, because those are two different things of the game, especially at the college level, they're yep. so different. So you got to kind of see how um, they adjust to that. And that could take a little bit of time. Sure. Um, so I would say because of the fruit, we see Dusty gives it to mm-hmm. whoever, whenever, yep. you yep. know, um, non-McDonald's game and all. By the way, mm-hmm. there are other games. Iverson Classic is really yep. uh, becoming more and more big. And then there's mm-hmm. fourth grand classes. So he has opportunities to make postseason all-star games. Absolutely. Uh, and yep. shut people yep. like us up. <laughs> not like us because we're fans, but uh, shut the the other guys up. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, I would definitely say Dusty for those reasons. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. It's funny. Yeah. People talk about Yo and his the numbers that he put up in FIBA and have said, oh, look, these numbers are really similar to what Rui put up in the FIBA tournament, and they're so right. similar to what Julian Strother put up in the FIBA tournament. And yeah. I think the important response there, especially when looking at next year, is neither Rui or Julian contributed as freshmen. Like they, right. they didn't do that. Julian contributed as a sophomore, obviously, and has had a, a nice year, especially on Saturday, dropping 40 in, in the Child Center in Portland. But uh, Rui, it took him till he was a junior to really contribute as well. And I think that that's kind of the important caveat with right. him is like, it's nice that he's here a semester early. It's nice that he's he's basically getting a half a year of experience that, mm-hmm. you know, Rui didn't necessarily get, that Julian didn't necessarily get. But those guys weren't ready after a half a year. It was a full right. year. I mean, it was a full two years for Rui. It was, a, it was a full year for Julian. So I think the expectations for Yo shouldn't be tempered in totality, right. but they should be tempered right, right away. I'm not sure that we're looking at, you know, if Julian does leave for the NBA, and I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, we'll just replace them with the, with the Korean kid. And uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to be the, the option, at least not right away. I'm curious if that's kind of where you're at with, with him. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you got to give people some, uh, got to give them a little bit of, you mm-hmm. know, time to adjust. And yeah. I just have seen the the speed and, like mm-hmm. I said, the speed and the quickness of the game. And then just learning different nuances, defensive schemes and, yeah. uh, you know, even offensive sets and, you know, instinctual, learning your mm-hmm. instincts in this game. It's different, man. It's, there are different nuances to everything. And, um, you know, 
that curve can be frustrating. So mm-hmm. how does he handle that mentally? And there are a lot of different ways that you can look at the, the adjustment that is coming. Mm-hmm. So um, I would give him, you know, give him some time. But the reality is, as long as you get to the destination, what does it matter mm-hmm. that it took? You know, we got to be patient. I know that fans are like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, so, so, but um, we have to remember that, you know, um, to to my point, there are a mm-hmm. lot of different nuances that are absolutely um, valid. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen it so many times. So that's why I'm a little bit more patient, maybe because I'm also not. A direct fan. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. I know Gonzaga fans always appreciate the insight. And and even now, very excited about Dusty. So this this continues to make us feel even better about what's coming next year. So again, thank you for, for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, the European basketball leagues are in full swing right now. And many former Gonzaga legends are balling out overseas. We're going to bring you the highlights from across the pond. But first, today's episode of Locked on Zags is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in America. That is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. For new customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player prompts. Plus, you can even combine your pets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Maybe you like Gonzaga's odds to beat the spread at home against Santa Clara on Thursday, or maybe you like them to take it to St. Mary's on Saturday. Either way, bet comfortably on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So basketball fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked On Zags. And I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, make sure to check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It is everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. You can hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are doing a traditional segment that I have loved to do ever since the days of hosting the Score Zag Score podcast back in 2019. I know the OGs listening to this may remember these segments. Haven't done them in a while, but I like to take a, take an opportunity to kind of look at where some of our former players are playing that aren't in the NBA. Because it's easy to track the guys in the NBA. It's easy to track how Andrew Nembhard's doing. Uh, we're seeing highlights of him getting in fights with John Morant, which just happened a few days ago. It's easy to track, of course, guys like DeMontis Simonis, et cetera, et cetera. It becomes a little bit more difficult to track guys who go overseas. And quite honestly, the, the, the reality is that almost every player who plays at Gonzaga ends up playing professional basketball. That is how high level this program is. And it's also just how many opportunities are afforded to guys overseas. Certainly not every player takes advantage of that. And many players will only play overseas for a handful of years before opting to return to the States and and move on with their professional career. We've obviously seen a handful of players move into the coaching ranks in recent years, like JP Batista, although he had a incredibly lengthy professional basketball career, Zach Norvell, Shemek Karnowski at the University of Arizona. So this is not that uncommon, but 
when guys go overseas, we just, we don't get to hear from them all that often. Some guys are active on social media. And so we see a few more highlights from them, a few more videos of kind of what they're up to, but by and large, a lot of guys kind of be our fan favorites are loved beloved players in, in Spokane history. And then they kind of disappear, but they're not done playing professionally. And so I, I like to take opportunities to kind of revisit how they're doing, look at how their season's going and, and kind of discuss you know, the, the highs and lows of, of professional basketball overseas. So uh, we got 12 different guys we're going to talk about in the next two segments, six here and then six more to close out the show. We're going to start out talking about one of Gonzaga's recent successful stars. That is Serbian basketball star, Philip Petrusev. Uh, Petrusev, after he left Gonzaga, things kind of went off to a really good start and have sort of faded since then, unfortunately. Uh, he Went to Mega B-Max in Serbia, was an MVP for that team, had drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers, has not come back to the United States since then. This year, he is playing for MTS in the ABA League, and it's not going great. He's averaging nine and a half points per game, 4.7 boards. He's shooting 54% from from deep, excuse me, so not a huge volume of three-point attempts, but he's knocking them down. If you're six foot 11 and you prove you can knock down the three, you're going to get some looks. But the rest of the numbers are just not great. He was much better in Serbia two years ago. He was better in Turkey last year. Uh, so we're kind of starting to see him fade a little bit. And quite honestly, he's, he's getting further and further away from actually having an NBA career. Hopefully he can get on the right track and perhaps return to the States and play some ball out here. But things aren't looking great for Petrusev right now. Next up uh, is Nigel Williams-Goss. Uh, of course, Williams-Goss, one of the most iconic Zags in school history. Uh, he's not a one-and-done traditionally, but one of the most iconic Gonzaga players to only spend one year uh, playing basketball in Spokane. He's playing with Real Madrid in Spain, one of the top teams in the best basketball league that is not the NBA. So he's basically playing on the best team in the best league that's not in uh, the NBA, but he's playing a reserve role right now. Uh, he played a bigger role in 21-22. He played about 18, 19 minutes per game then. This year he's only about 15, 16 minutes per game, uh, four and a half points, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists per game for Nigel Williams-Goss. Uh, struggling to shoot the rock right now is just under 19% from deep. Nigel Williams, Williams-Goss was never a great three-point shooter, but I suspect that that number will come up and we'll start to see some of his production boost up uh, as the year goes on. Next up, sticking with point guards from the 2016-2017 team for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, uh, Josh Perkins. Uh, Perhaps the most underappreciated Zag in recent memory, perhaps of all time, quite honestly. He got a lot of vitriol for being one of Gonzaga's greatest point guards of all time. Uh, he He has played two different spots in Europe so far this season. He began the year playing for Gilboa in Israel. Played seven games in Israel with that team, 12.9 points per game and about four assists per game. And then he headed over to Poland and he is playing in Ostrau in the Polish league. Uh, This is his second go round in Poland. He actually played briefly with Szemek Karnowski in Poland. Uh, Now uh, with Ostrau, seven games uh, at that level, 10 points per game, six assists. He's played about 26 minutes per game. So you can see he's, he's got a big role. He's a productive player. 10 and 6 is kind of what we've come to expect from Josh, high-level passer. Uh, And and Josh has been a really nomadic player since he left Gonzaga. Since 2019, uh, so only three, four years ago, as we're talking now, he's played in seven different countries. That includes the United States. That includes two different go-rounds in Poland. He has been well-versed, well-traveled. I think that's kind of the coolest part of this. You have to want to do that, and not everybody does, and there's no shame or no judgment in that, but... If you're not an NBA player, if you're not going to be able to stick at this level, 
why not go explore the world? And, and, and I mean, coming out of the NBA or coming out of college basketball in 2019 and wanting to explore the world, that was bad timing. Uh, and Josh has man- managed to play seven different places despite the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, but uh, still very cool to see him get opportunities to play in places like Poland and Puerto Rico and Israel and various other countries uh, around the world, because uh, you don't get to do that very often in life. And being, you know, by the time he's 30, 35 years old, he'll get to say that he's lived in, in more countries than most Americans will ever even visit in their entire lifetime. Next up, uh, not as well-traveled, but a veteran European basketball player. That is Elias Harris. Elias is still playing ball uh, after leaving Gonzaga after that 2012-2013 season. He is back in Germany with FC Bayern. He has spent the majority of his career in his home country of Germany. He spent eight years with Bros Bomberg. Uh, He spent a little bit of time in Spain, a little bit of time in Japan, but he's back Now, like I said, in Germany with Bayern, uh, 14 games so far this season, about 14 minutes per game, seven points, three boards, shooting 62% from the field. That sounds like our Elias Harris right there, hyper-efficient, getting rebounds, shooting well, uh, being productive. Uh, He had really, really strong seasons early in his career. He's faded a little bit as he's kind of aged out. He's 32 now, so he's kind of on the tail end of his professional basketball playing career, but uh, it was a really, really good one. And all a legend in Germany, a fantastic veteran player uh, in his home country. And it's cool to see him still finishing it out and still, still being a productive role player uh, for a a high level program in Bayern uh, in the country of Germany. Two more guys here before we move on to the third and final segment, Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, of course, hit the most, one of, I should say, the most iconic shots in Gonzaga basketball history against West Virginia to send this program to their first ever ever Final Four. He has continued a lucrative and successful professional basketball playing career. He is currently playing with Stargard. Also in Poland, we find a lot of a lot of Zags end up in Poland. There's a lot of good basketball being played over there right now. Uh, 19 games with Stargard, 25 minutes per night. He's averaging just over 12 points, a little over three rebounds, and just under three assists per game. While this isn't going to surprise anybody, while shooting well from beyond the arc, 37% from deep for Jordan Matthews in his season with Stargard in Poland. Rounding out the first segment here with one of, not one of, the most recent Zag to depart the program and start playing professional basketball. That is, of course, Lithuanian guard Martinus Arlauskas. Arlauskas spent the last couple of years in Spokane with Gonzaga in a reserve role, uh, a deep reserve role. He was a a high-level prospect who came in and just kind of continue to get buried on the death chart, just never really got opportunities to carve out significant playing time. High energy guy. Everybody loved when he came in the games. He was a big high five guy, big energy guy on the bench and left kind of right before what would have been his final season in Spokane uh, to go back home. He's playing in Lithuania right now. He's playing with a team called Piano uh, in Lithuania, 15 games for them. He's not playing much. Uh, In those 15 games, he's averaged a little under eight minutes a night. Uh, Production hasn't been there yet for him. He's averaging 1.3 points and 0.9 rebounds per game. I can't think of very many Zags in recent years that I'm rooting for more to be successful uh, at the professional basketball level than Martinez, just because he was such a a good dude, a high energy guy, friendly, funny, uh, you know, high five and everybody doing what you're supposed to do as a reserve player uh, for a program like Gonzaga. Uh, The fact that he's playing professional basketball in his home country is already a win. I mean, who doesn't want that to be your career? Hopefully he can find a way to be more productive, get some more minutes and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, Martinez is playing professional basketball in his home country, and that's awesome. And I'm happy for him. I, I really am. I'm glad that he uh, was able to have a, a 
positive experience in Spokane with the Zags and able to parlay that into a professional basketball career. All right, folks, we're going to close out the show looking at two pairs of Gonzaga alumni who are teammates together overseas, as well as a 40-year-old Zag, 40-year-old Zag who is still balling out in Japan right after this. All right, segment three, still any patents, still locked on Zags, and we're still jumping through memory lane, looking at some former Gonzaga basketball stars who are still playing professional basketball across the pond. We're going to start here with Jonathan Williams and Jeremy Jones. Both Williams and Jeremy Jones are playing for the Toyotsu Fighting Eagles in the top league in Japan. It's been very fun to see these guys be teammates. Uh, Jeremy is very active on social media, especially on Twitter. So if you don't follow him there, uh, you get a lot of highlights, a lot of retweets from him of you know how the team is doing, how he's doing. It's very fun to see because, quite honestly, Jeremy Jones is killing it. He's killing it right now. Jeremy Jones, 34 games this season for Toyotsu. He's playing 31 minutes a night. Uh, he's averaging 13.5 points, 6.4 boards, and he's shooting 35% from deep. He recently crossed over into the 1,000-point club in Japan. Uh, that He got a lot of kind of hype for that, a lot of notoriety for being a 1,000-point scorer in their home country. And in news that would surprise a lot of people who watched Gonzaga basketball from, you know, 2015 to 2019 during the era when both Williams and Jeremy Jones were in Spokane, Jones is outplaying Jonathan Williams. They are on the same team. They are similar ages. Jonathan Williams is playing very well, mind you. He's played in 27 games so far. He missed some time with the COVID, in, uh, COVID illness. Uh, he's played about 25 minutes per night. So again, Willi Jones is playing about 31 minutes. Williams is playing about 25 minutes. Williams is averaging 12 and a half points, eight rebounds, and he's shooting 55% from the field. So they're comparable. Jones is averaging about one more point per game. Williams is averaging about one and a half more rebounds per game, slightly better field goal percentage. So they're comparable right now, but it's really cool to see that two of, if not the two best players on a quality program in Japan, we're talking top level, top league in Japan is being led by two former Gonzaga Bulldogs. I think that's very cool. Williams and Jones, two of the more likable Zags. Not that there are very many unlikable Zags. There've been so many guys that are easy and fun to root for, which is why I love taking the opportunity to be like, Hey, Instead of just talking about Andrew Nemhard and Zach Collins and Kelly Olenek and Jalen Suggs and et cetera, et cetera, let's talk about these guys because these are really good basketball players too. And seeing a pair of guys like Williams and Jones teaming up together to go dominate uh, in, a, in a different country together is, is, is very, very fun. So I'm excited about that uh, and I'm excited to see these guys continue to succeed. Next up, another pair of Gonzaga teammates, or I guess of former Gonzaga players who are now teammates. These guys did not even come close to playing together at the same time. Uh, that is Gino Crandall and Matisse Merninghoff, both playing for BG Gottingen in Germany. We'll start with Gino. Gino is a two-time MVP playing for the Lancaster Riders in the British Basketball League. Now, the British Basketball League is not a particularly high level of European basketball, like the German leagues, the Polish leagues, even the Japanese leagues are, are probably a higher level basketball than what's being played in the British Basketball League. But Gino was a two-time MVP. That's crazy. He led his team to championships. He was a finals MVP. He was a regular season MVP. He averaged like 14 points and eight assists per game in Lancaster. 
ended up moving on this past year, got a upgrade to move into the top league in Germany, one of the best basketball leagues in the entire world. Again, playing with BG Gottingen in his first game in Germany. He's played 15 games so far, 25 minutes per night, and he's very, very productive. 11 and a half points per game, four and a half assists per game, shooting 46% from the field. So he parlayed his success in, in Britain to a starting point guard position in Germany at the top level of their league. Very, very fantastic stuff from Gino. Another very, very easy former Gonzaga basketball player to root for. And then Merninghoff, again, Crandall and Merninghoff missed each other by about a decade uh, at Gonzaga. Merninghoff came over very, very young. He only lasted two years in, in Spokane before he decided to go back home to Germany. And uh, He has been with BG Gottingen since 2015. He spent one year elsewhere in Germany. But other than that, he has consistently been a member of the role, a, a rotation player, a role player for BG Gottingen. Uh, this season, more of the same from Merninghoff. 12 games, 18 and a half minutes per night. Uh, not overly productive in those 19 minutes per game, three and a half points, two rebounds. But as you'd expect, for those of you who were back watching the Zags back in 2011 when he was there, he's shooting 35% from deep. So you're seeing Gino Crandall's distributing the ball well. Matisse Merninghoff is shooting the ball well. That is what you would expect from that pair of Gonzaga alumni, even though they didn't they didn't line up together, uh, very, very different ages. It's still very cool to see these two guys teammates together uh, and continuing to represent Gonzaga well across the pond. Two more guys I want to talk about here before we close out the show. This is my favorite story right now in professional in Gonzaga professional basketball. It has been my favorite story for a few years. I will continue to repeat it whenever possible. Ira Brown. The, you got to be a, a fairly older Gonzaga fan, and I, I'm I'm with you all. I'm with you. If you remember Ira Brown at Gonzaga, sorry, we're, we got to start stretching, you know, before we wake up. That's how old we are. That's where we're at at that stage of our lives. So if you remember Ira Brown, that's that's where we're at. But guess what? He's still playing. He is still playing ball at age 40 in Osaka for Japan. He has been there for a really really long time. He is a iconic figure in Japanese basketball. That is my favorite story. Ira Brown, who began his professional career as a minor league baseball player for the Kansas City Royals, came to junior college, came to Gonzaga, was a high-level player who didn't get a high-level athlete, I should say, who didn't get a ton of playing time in Spokane, and then turned around and had a lucrative, lengthy, lengthy professional basketball playing career that is still going on despite being in his fourth decade on this planet. He is averaging 9.8 points, six and a half boards in 33 games. He's playing 29 minutes a night. 40-year-old Ira Brown playing 29 minutes a night for Osaka in Japan. He was very recently a member of the Japanese three-on-three Olympic basketball team. Again, Ira Brown, minor league baseball player, junior college basketball player, bit player at Gonzaga, Olympian in Japan. All of that over the last two decades, a life that is well worth documenting and discussing. I, I think it's so fascinating that Ira Brown has had this kind of Life. I was going to say career, but just life in general. It's very fascinating to see that, and 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 very cool that at this level he's still producing significantly uh, in Japan. Final name here to cover: former Gonzaga guard Brian Alberts. Alberts spent a few years in Spokane before ultimately transferring to hang out with former Gonzaga coach Dan Monson at Long Beach State, where he was a very productive player in the Big West. 
Uh, Albert's just started a new professional playing career. He hadn't played for about a year and a half, or at least there was no numbers. Uh, I should say here, I'm using the website proballers.com to get all of this information. I have scoured the internet for more reliable sources, and this one always comes up. So uh, if, if any information is out of date, uh, it is because that site has not been updated, but they have been very, very, very helpful for me up to this point. Brian Alberts played his first game in Iceland in his new team, uh, Hotur, in Iceland on January 28th. So as we're recording this on the 30th, as you're listening on the 31st, just a few days ago, he made his debut in a new team in a new country in Iceland. And it was a pretty solid debut, debut for Mr. Alberts. 25 minutes per game uh, in that game, I should say, 16 points and three assists. Very excited to, to check in a month from now or two months from now, maybe after the season, we'll do a, a, a more an even more full-length look at some of the Zags overseas in Europe uh, and kind of take a, take a look at how the rest of the season went. But 25 minutes and 16 points in your first game, that's a, that's a pretty darn good debut for Mr. Alberts. All right, that is going to do it for today. Don't forget to check out the new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Again, it's myself. It's Isaac Shade of Locked On Tar Heels. Every day, five times a week, talking all things college hoops. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube. Speaking of, if you haven't done so yet, go to YouTube.com. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button for Locked On Zags and Locked On College Basketball. It takes about 10 seconds. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, again, you can find the show wherever you get podcasts. All right, I want to thank all of you for listening, and go Zags.